bits and pretzels inspire you. You will figure it out. This is clearly the place to be. Servus, everyone. This is Britta Wedeling and you're listening to the Bits and Pretzels podcast. Welcome to another show where we discuss how to tackle the corona crisis as entrepreneurs and whether there might be some learnings for yourself all along the way. And it's also a time where you can really learn and progress as a human being because it's in the most difficult times where you learn most about yourself. In this podcast, we talk to Nico Rosberg, the Formula One world champion, who shares his insights into how mental training helped him during his very successful career in car racing. And with Corona being around, where most of us don't know when we can go back to work, if our loved ones stay healthy, or how to focus on the good stuff when everything around you is uncertain, he thinks meditation could be helpful for others right now as well. Yeah, there's a very clear uh, and uh, the best technique for that is to focus on making the worst case scenario look as good as possible. Take uh, to Extract all the things that are in the worst case scenario that actually are not that bad and try and focus on those because that is the best tool to help you against your anxiety. And did you ever wonder what effect Corona has on the internet economy? That's exactly what we've talked about with the CEO of Vodafone Germany, Hannes Amitsreiter. I think that what we are seeing at the moment, it is the biggest single boost of digitization in Germany since ever. It will change a lot, if not to say, yeah, everything. And... On a personal note, the manager also shared how the crisis actually changed his own life. I am normally in Düsseldorf from Monday until Thursday evening. And uh, family is in Munich. And uh, so I'm only coming back on Thursday evening and then stay Friday in the office in Munich and, and weekends. Uh, now I was in the home office for two weeks and uh, I was preparing lunch for our kids every day. I have never done that before. And that was a fantastic experience, uh, a family experience. And, and that's something which was also great. Nico and Hannes were both guests at our first virtual founders breakfast, where we discussed how to stay on top of the corona crisis as a startup community. And since we got so many questions from you about the technical setup for our first virtual event, the third part of this podcast will come from us, the Bits and Pretzels team behind the scenes with a conversation about how we did it. Most of us find out sooner or later that being in the pole position, be it in a car race or in a business situation, actually depends a lot on your own mental strength. Today, Formula One world champion Nico Rosberg is convinced that he only got this far because he started mental training. And with Corona now making everybody nervous, he thinks that staying mentally focused is exactly what could help entrepreneurs right now to deal with the actual uncertainties. We've reached Nico Rosberg in his home in Monaco, where he's not only practicing social distancing, but also explained to us why he got rid of his smartphone. How are you, Nico? I'm in my home in Spain, actually. and I'm sitting in the cellar because it's the safest room to be in when you have two kids in the house. <laughs> the chances that they'll storm into the interview are lowest when I'm in the cellar. So I've chosen you. Which living room are you in? Is that Felix? Is that your living room? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it, it looks like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are sitting yeah, in our was, office. Yeah, would, would you have like a living room like that? Well, um, how much do you, how much does Bits and Pretzels pay me to put this up here? Uh, I, th I think Catherine, my wife, would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so 
thanks, Nico, for, for coming to us and share like some uh, thoughts and insights uh, for us. One thing that's really interesting about you, um, you achieved your goal of becoming Formula One world champion with some extraordinary uh, measures. You spent several hours a week on mental training. So, so tell us a little bit about why you did this and what kind of achievement you got from this. It was really about human performance huh? and there's the physical side in sport, but there's also the mental side. And that's super relevant as well for all of you in the business world. Um, and I spent a lot of time trying to optimize as well the mental side. I, I spent two hours every two days um, studying psychology and also working on meditation and all these things. And it was so powerful in helping me to win the world championship eventually. And now in today's world, in the business world, it's really helping me um, to perform better there as well. So like what, what, when you talk to experts right now, to, to experts in the VC field, in the negotiation, negotiation field, to coaches, they all tell you, uh, you have to stay calm, you have to stay focused, you have to stay logical. Uh, that's easier said than done when everybody else is kind of panicking and is hamstring toilet paper and pasta around you, right? So, so, so tell us a little bit about how you, how you achieve this certain uh, inner strength and, and And calmness and what you want to share with the entrepreneurs out there today? Um, yeah, I think it's a time where you can definitely get very crazy and I myself experiencing it because I have a couple of businesses and they're calling me left, right and center because they're all in some kind of difficulties as, as we all are, which is, uh, which is understandable for the situation and, and terrible. And, uh, and so for myself, I can just say that I'm really trying to go back into my time of being a Formula One driver and just applying incredible discipline, discipline to my everyday And so I've rediscovered my, my uh, meditation, for example, which I start at 7 a.m. Uh, and then I do an hour of training after that. So I have my whole day planned out and it's just really, really disciplined. And also removing all this, uh, for example, I've gone for, uh, this is my phone at the moment. Oh, uh, that looks like a very old phone. Is it? Uh, I've, I've removed the smartphone from my life as well because all this. All well, what this, kind of phone is that? Is this a Nokia? It's an okay, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> how is that? You just go nuts at the moment, you know, with WhatsApp groups and this and that, looking at, at the markets and everything. You just go crazy. And so I do all these, I've implemented all these measures um, to try and really simplify my day, to structure my day with discipline. And it's so powerful. It so, really, really helps a lot. It's a small advertising break for Nokia here. So maybe Nokia can come become our sponsor moving forward. So uh, we, we received, thanks for all your questions, uh, the audience. We received some questions for you, Nico, uh, here via Slido. And we have somebody who was asking, uh, as a mobility investor, how do you see the impact of Corona on this sector? Well, in the short term, it's obviously disastrous. And, uh, and I'm investing in a lot of startups and they're all trying to, trying to manage it in different ways. Uh, some have enough liquidity now to survive for a couple of months, but you just don't know. You just don't know if it lasts a couple of months longer, then also they will end up in a, in a terribly difficult situation. Um, and some, just as you at Bits and Pretzels, have managed to pivot their business models a little bit. Uh, which are going to help them uh, keep some revenues going in the short term, just as you've pivoted into your living room now, virtually. Um, some of my startups have also <laughs> And that's crucial. Huh? That is so crucial to be able to really have that flexibility now in the very short term and see where are the opportunities that there maybe are in this moment. Uh, and I've seen some uh, some fascinating things. But after, after Corona, I think, um, I mean, 
things, of course, won't return to normal immediately, but slowly but surely, I'm not too worried about the time afterwards uh, for the mobility space. And somebody else wants to know what your what are your best practices for intrinsically motivating yourself with probably less external pressure right now. I think that goes to you know the time that you now out of uh, the Formula One racing industry. So how do you intrinsically motivate yourself right now? I'm a firm believer of, uh, of I mean Warren Buffett is the most legendary guy who always says that that in the most difficult times lie the greatest opportunities. Um, and I really, really love that phrase and I'm a firm believer of that. And of course, I totally understand that none of us wants difficult times because it's really terrible what's going on out there, especially on a health perspective with lives at stake. So of course, that's all terrible. Nevertheless, if you do look at the, the startup world and the financial world, in times like this, there are incredible opportunities. And that's something that I really want to try and try and maximize and focus on. And if I repeat that to myself, it keeps me really, really motivated. Um, and it's also a time where you can really learn and progress as a human being because it's in the most difficult times where you learn most, learn most about yourself. Right. So uh, somebody else wants to know, what are your three hands-on best practices uh, to achieve more mental strength for founders? Maybe there's even something that we can do together right now. Do you have like, an, I don't know, anything we can, we can practice together? Sure. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All Germanys are doing. Oh, um, 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 what is he doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, come on, let's uh, start with meditation in the morning. It's so powerful. It's so powerful to prepare yourself for the day, give you a clear head, give you extra strength for the day. So that's a great one. Then try and get, try and keep some physical activity going through your day. Um, and also then just structure your day. For example, emails, just do them two times per day, once at 11 o'clock, once at three o'clock. And remove all this always-on communication. So you structure your communication because it's so crucial for work performance to be able to have time where you're in the flow. And every interruption takes you out of the flow for sometimes up to three hours. So you have to remove interruptions. And that's a really, really crucial thing to help you improve your performance. So what about these moments where you are not optimistic, where you probably have to deal with anxiety? Uh, because I think, you know, obviously everybody tries to get on good energy, but I think we have all have these moments where we're sitting at home and we don't know, you know, where the light of the end of the tunnel is. So, so, so talk a little bit about how this meditation helps you to deal uh, with, you know, these very, very dark moments of, of anxiety. Yeah, there's a very clear uh, and uh, the best technique for that is to focus on making the worst case scenario look as good as possible. Take uh, to Extract all the things that are in the worst case scenario that actually are not that bad and try and focus on those because that way is the best tool to help you against your anxiety. And, and in every worst case scenario, there's always a couple of small things that, that might not be too bad. And that's a thing to work on, to make the worst case not look as bad as, as, as it, you know, that's, that's really the tool there, which I've used also to become Formula One world champion. You also work as an investor and you also work as a green tech entrepreneur. What, what kind of effects of Corona do you see for your own work as an investor? And what do you think does this mean for the future of, of green tech and e-mobility uh, where you work, uh, an area where you work a lot at? Um, well, I've, I've created one of the uh, I've created the biggest uh, event in Germany now for for the environment. It's called Green Tech Festival uh, .com. You can check it out. We had our first event last year, 
And our second event is planned for this year in June. But of course, with the situation as it is now, also there, we're having to work very, very intensely on a, on a great plan B, um, which is going to have to be a plan B is to move it further down the road into the into the autumn, you know, and it just takes a lot of reorganizing to implement that plan B. And we haven't decided yet if plan A is going to happen or not. We're going to have to decide it very soon. Um, but it takes a lot of resources even just to put in a plan B like that. Um, but anyways, we're looking good on that front. So uh, that's one of the businesses where I'm most comfortable with at the moment in this situation. Great, Nico. And thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. I wish you a great success with the rest of the virtual conference in your living room, Felix. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Best greetings. Ciao. And did you ever wonder how to lead a company with 16,000 employees out of your home office? Well, this is what we've talked about with Hannes Ametsreiter, the CEO of Vodafone Germany, who we've reached in his home office in Munich. Hello, Hannes. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Great Good. to join the very big forum. Fantastic. So let us know how, how, how you lead your company right now at this point. <laughs> uh, well, it's clearly challenging, but it's also super interesting. And uh, if you just look what we are doing, then we are, as an infrastructure company, clearly the lifeline of the economy, but also of the social life and finding the right balance is always a challenge and it's clearly a very clear responsibility which we are having at the moment. So we have the humble responsibility to keep Germany going, to protect life and livelihood. And this shows already, I mean, one part, the life is the health of the people, of the employees, of the team, of our customers. And the other one is the livelihood, having a framework, an environment which is successful, which is growing, which is business life also. And also that is super important. And um, we do that with infrastructure, but also with passionate uh, service. And just uh, to draft what's ongoing at the moment and with this extraordinary event causes a lot. And it's a lot of pain. It's a lot of new perspectives and experiences, but it's also causing traffic volume. So the voice traffic is up 50%. And, you know, it, it was just from one day to the other. Can you plan that? Can you build for that? No, it's impossible. You just need to be ready and you need to be really, really fast and you need to have the best team you could have. And so voice 50% up, so people are talking. You also could consider that as a very good thing. Uh, internet data up 40%, especially upstream. Uh, so also that is a huge uh, traffic volume, which, which from one day to the other, again, uh, mobile, interestingly, mobile data went down by minus 3%. So also interesting dynamics, which we could see in this development. Um, if you look at the role of digital, I think that what we are seeing at the moment, it is the biggest single boost of digitization in Germany since ever. It will change a lot, if not to say, yeah, everything. Uh, so I, I really, uh, I mean, looking at what happens now is, is fascinating because on one hand, I mean, we moved within three days, 16,000 people, well, 97% of them into the home offices and it was working from day one. We were experienced in doing that because we always have been very agile. We always uh, offered the opportunity 50% of uh, their time of their week they could uh, spend at home and work from home. So this was not new to us. It was good in that moment, in that very moment. If you look at the schools and education, uh, if I look at our seven-year-old, she's using Google Meets to connect with school. 
and getting her education from school. Uh, the older one, 12 years old, she's normally using video chatting, has her iPad and, and, and also connecting with school and teachers. And I mean, this is also a moment, if you look at, the, at your kids and if you still see your school sending you paper via mail, consider if, if it's the right school. I mean, this is really, it's now showing who is ready for the future, who is not. So, I mean, this is clearly now a situation where uh, things come, come up and, and you can see them very clear. Uh, around leadership, what could you do? I think we heard already a lot before, in the presentation before. Uh, the most important thing is trust. But trust, you cannot say, it's a crisis, I need trust. You need to earn the trust. You need to prepare it. And I think at the end of the day, it is day one when you enter a company to start earning trust. Only then you are ready for a crisis. Only then you can lead a company. Only then people will follow you. And, and so uh, that's something uh, you need to do it before and not after and not in a moment. So trust is super important. Then, of course, a team the best team. Uh, you need to have people, experts in what they're doing and re really doing things well or in an excellent way. Then communication. Uh, be authentic. Don't change. Be as you always are. That is important because it signals things are as they always are. At least, I mean, there's some stability in, in the development. And therefore, communication to capital markets, to shareholders, to customers, and also tell them what you offer, how you support them with certain things. We offer free office, uh, free 65, uh, free social passes, uh, supporting universities and schools, all that you need to do. Communication also to the employees, that's the most important thing. You need to uh, align them uh, with all the activities you're doing. So we have daily communication with customers, uh, not, not only customers, but also with uh, our employees. And uh, we're also sharing very transparent our network situation. So that's also uh, important. Then push innovation. Normally in such situation, you don't have the energy for doing innovations, but you need to do innovations. That's why we brought to the market Emergency Eye, that's a corporation with a startup, uh, using mobile phones and the camera of a mobile phone to be able to make diagnosis for a doctor. So using the camera to look into the throat and then decide, is it corona, is it just influenza, what exactly is it? Gives protection, you don't have to personal meet, but you use technology. You just use your mobile phone. It will not, not work with Nico, but it works with the normal smartphone, uh, which, which you normally use. And then the other one is be the maestro, not the musician. You should be the one in a management board to coordinate, to orchestrate, not to be the best expert. So trust your people. They are the experts. And then just orchestrate things in a way so that it works nicely. And then one uh, last notion, personal notion. Uh, I'm normally in Dusseldorf from Monday until Thursday evening. And uh, family is in Munich. And uh, so I'm only coming back on Thursday evening and then stay Friday in the office in Munich and, and weekends. Uh, now I was in the home office for two weeks and uh, I was preparing lunch for our kids every day. I have never done that before. And that was a fantastic experience, uh, a family experience. And, and that's something which was also great and uh, clearly a change towards what we had before. Thanks, Hannes. Thanks a lot for your insights. Thank you.
Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Great to see you. Great Hannes, to see you. Uh, one, one, one question. So I have two kids and they get mm -hmm. their, their homework uh, via per email or very poor um, system provided by the state of Bavaria. So I have to talk about new schools for them might be, as you said. <laughs> the second one, the question I have, you said the, 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 the volume went up 40 or 50 percent for voice mm -hmm. and, and data. Is this the new normal or is this just a new starting point for getting even more? I think it's clearly due to the crisis. So, I mean, this, this was, uh, it's a combination of people moving to the home using home office. So, uh, normally you would have uh, companies, uh, corporates being connected with fiber. So, you don't feel it in the normal cable system or, or uh, mobile system. So, I think, uh, will it be more? I think that in the future we will see more compared to what we had before. Okay. But it might not stay at that level which we are seeing uh, at the moment. Thanks, Hannes, and um, thanks for joining Thank us uh, today and have a great rest of your Sunday and uh, see you again soon. Thank thanks. you. It was a pleasure. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And since many of you have asked us about the technical setup for our first Virtual Founders Breakfast, we want to take a moment here to explain how we got there. It took just two weeks from the first thought to actually making it happen, with our whole team throwing its energy behind making sure we had a direct video link to all our speakers' homes and to you out there. So now you get to meet our local heroes, Andy, our event manager, Christoph, our managing director, Isabel in charge of sales, and Kathleen with the lead for this event, Lena who took care of our speakers and Annie who created a virtual customer journey, and many more, including Emily, our head of marketing and our event manager Max behind the scenes. They all made it possible so that Felix Burnt, Andy and I could sit in our makeshift studio here in our Munich headquarters and that the service didn't collapse with about 35,000 people online to listen. Inspiring, innovative, exciting, unusual, insightful, intense, out of the box, successful. So this was obviously a very interesting experiment for all of us. And I want to take a moment here to discuss with you guys how we came up with the idea and how we actually make this happen. So let's discuss how we got this started. Maybe starting with how did we even come up with the idea, Christoph? Um, well, well, actually, as you know, uh, we, we cannot assume yet that our Bits and Pretzel conference in September can take place physically. So we had to come up with a plan B already. And when we were discussing this plan B, which, of course, is kind of a virtual setup, um, we said we need to test it. So that is basically how we came up with this idea. And then we said how to give something back to our community, which is currently very strongly struggling And basically, that's we, that's how we came up with this idea. What I thought was interesting, um, you know, the situation where everybody has to pivot, find innovative new solutions. Um, it's also, you know, this idea also became an opportunity to start something completely new, right? So probably in a situation where we didn't have coronavirus around and this pressure to come up with new solutions, we would never have come up with the idea for this virtual event. So what I think when I look at what we did over this last two weeks, it was also like probably building a completely new product. We were already in kind of our bits and pretzels 2020 funnel and then suddenly this Corona crashed. And so, yes, it's absolutely true. It's a great opportunity for us. 
we, we took it. It's kind of a new new product or business segment, I would say. So Andy, you were obviously the guy behind the scenes running the whole technology, the whole event infrastructure. Uh, and for like our uh, listeners who are thinking about doing something similar moving forward, what was like the most important thing for you when you started thinking about this event? If, yeah, first of all, um, just getting an understanding for what is a virtual event and getting an understanding for it and identifying the technical requirements. How did you get this whole thing started? I mean, did you just Google it? Did you talk to friends from the event community? So uh, first of all, um, yeah, we did a kind of uh, Google research um, identifying how many um, technologies are already on the market um, can they help us um, what do they cover um, can they be um, an advantage um, using them so it was basically a combination of both uh, google research and um, asking partner or friends i mean you had to start from scratch right yeah there, there are some um, technical solutions available but they are all standardized and um, as you already know we are bits and we always want to have um, the bit style in our events. So the most challenging thing was to, okay, how can we manage um, a virtual event in only 14 days, um, setting up new features um, and also using um, standardized software, which we can easily um, adapt. And, and Christoph, you were like, obviously the guy behind the scenes, you came up with the idea uh, of how to create a team, of how to build a team. Um, so how did you experience this time and how to pivot actually the team into the right direction in this time of uncertainties and a time of coronavirus being around. Intense, I would say, in, in many aspects. Well, on the one hand side, we are talking about a business that in our perspective um, kind of isn't that market ready. Uh, so far, everybody went to physical events because that was the place where you we could network, where you could meet your peers, uh, meet your peers and so on. And now suddenly we're we're just meeting vertically or in digital world, and people are actually not used to it in so many matters. So that was one thing that we we deeply discussed actually on um, what what about market acceptance actually. Huh? And secondly, as you said, um, we we had to build structures, different structures in our team, because by the time we we, had, we just had this idea, we had nothing yet. As Andy said before, there was no plan of, of how we could imagine it actually. So what we did first was to set a clear strategy of what we want to achieve with this event. And depending on that, I would say there were three main aspects that we always focus on. And that was structure, discipline, and communication. So we set clear responsibilities. So everybody knew from the first day on, everybody knew exactly what he had to do. We had this discipline because we were 100% focusing on only this event and nothing else for those 14 days. And we were communicating uh, in a very intense way. So we had our daily stand-ins. As usual, we, we had other regular update calls. So everybody knew exactly what the other person was doing. And that, I think, was uh, explicitly important. The teammate made a very, very great job and finally made it. And you were basically the woman behind the scenes. You were running the whole event uh, live. I got all, like when I was in front of the camera, I got all the information in terms of timing, next speakers. And I was like, oh my God, this person is, she's so calm. And my biggest question is like, how did you actually make this work? 
um, first of all, it was quite uh, quite fun working with you together. Um, but my heart um, stopped about a million times. I think it was quite challenging. It was my first time as studio floor manager, so um, I'm not that experienced <laughs> in this. But yeah, I think we made a really good job together. <laughs> so, so as somebody who ran many events, who's like always like the big, you know, uh, spin doctor behind the scenes for all our other <laughs> live events, how did this virtual thing feel for you compared to regular physic physically um, organized events? Hmm, well, uh, this event felt quite different. Um, there was no personal contact or small talks with our speakers. No, um, running around from stage to, uh, to stage as I do at the Bits and Bretzels. The virtual event was not what I'm used to, um, but however, it was quite fun. I think we, we did a good job and yeah, I don't want to miss it. So, so Lena, you were like uh, the person who was always in touch with our speakers. So talk about your experience behind the scenes. It was important to make sure that the speaker is live and technically spoken, ready on time for his talk to meet the time schedule, but more importantly, to not make the audience wait. And of course, it was important to make sure that the audience can hear and also see the speaker, but also that the speaker can hear and see the studio with you and Andy Band and Felix. What I found very interesting is that you saw all the speakers in a totally different scenery, right? Normally, we have them on like, you know, with makeup and on, on stage, best dressed. And now we had them all uh, in their homes. How did this feel differently? to you? It felt definitely more personal because as you said it, um, I could see the speakers in their home, in their living room, in their kitchen or somewhere else. And you always check once again, your hair maybe, um, before you get on stream. So, um, yeah, it is definitely more personal. And I think we all were a little bit nervous how it actually works. So this was really important to explain them so that they feel comfortable in this situation as well. And Anne, You already said during the event that we would do this again. Yeah, so. I was forced to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you feel do you do you feel we are ready for it? Sure. I think the hardest part was uh, the technical setup, and yeah, I think we are ready for our next experience. So, Annie, you were the person who created the whole customer journey around buying a ticket, participating in the event. So when, what do you have to consider um, when you create this customer journey for virtual event? What's different to regular physical events that you have to take into consideration? I think the most important thing is to make it as easy as possible for the participant to get to get all the all the key information regarding the event. For example, the link to get to the virtual platform, the access code and so on. So because when you have a real life event, there's always an information booth or volunteers you can answer your questions. But at a virtual event, you have to make sure to provide the participants before the event with all important things and step-by-step step from the moment on they get their ticket until the end of the event. So um, we had 
different channels to communicate with our participants and different channels to provide them with all the information they need. So what was like, what, what kind of channels did we use? What was like the setup for this? The first thing we used, um, the main channel, I would say, was um, our newsletter communication to inform the participants before the event, um, as well as Instagram and Facebook. Um, but we also tried to find a setup um, during the event to stay in contact with the attendees during the event with um, Slido and I think um, that went really smooth because they could ask the questions during the event as well. You also, you know, receiving a lot of feedback from our community. So, so from your perspective, what was like, you know, the, the most important questions people, people had or like the most important feedback that we got? The most frequently asked question, and I didn't expect that before, after the event was what was the technical setup or which software or technical partner we had. And I think that shows how important this topic is right now at the moment for, for the whole scene. Um, but we also received a lot of positive feedback like... Um, Thank you. We have been able to derive added value for, for themselves from the event. It's also important in terms of building events to uh, talk to your sponsors. So Isabel, tell us a little bit about your experience in talking to sponsors and you know their general response. At the beginning, we were thinking a lot, okay, what do we do now? How do we talk to sponsors and our partners? But um, actually very quick, our partners also reacted and came over to us because, well, they, our community has a need to stay in touch with their community, so our partners. And um, they were also coming over to us asking, well, what's happening now with the bits and what are you planning? You have your new uh, media platform, uh, podcast, what are you doing now? So we explained them that we are very quickly in two weeks heading up for an uh, MVP um, to talk about Corona and the startup community. And a lot of people were totally up to it. So our, our partners, our sponsors are very uh, into also those new formats and going new ways. It was still a bit difficult because a lot of people are in kind of a shock at the moment. So I guess a lot of people also wanted to see how the first digital event of us was running and it was great. All right, that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your feedback and your thoughts. Please write to us at podcast at bitsandpretzels.com if you want to suggest who we should interview next time. Stay safe, stay healthy, See you next week.